I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the 12 Days of Dishmas, where every day for the first 12 days of December, we are giving you a special mini episode with a wonderful guest here on Dish Island. I'm Paul Verhoeven. And I'm Tegan Higginbotham. And today, our special guest is April Ellen Horton, a.k.a. The Bodzilla. And she is on a mission to help you love yourself more. A writer, public speaker, model, and the host of the podcast, April knew she needed not only to speak to her friends and family about fat positivity and feminism, but to anyone who'd listen. So, she created a space to voice her genuine passion for self-love and body acceptance. In February 2021, she made waves as Australia's first plus-size model to appear in a bikini on a billboard. Her episode of the acclaimed SBS series, What Does Australia Think About?, is still online and available to stream. It investigates what Australians really think about obesity, and I highly recommend giving it a watch. But for now, April is here to help you navigate the pressures and body-focused BS that often Often go hand in hand with Christmas. April, welcome to Dish Island. Given that this is a Christmas episode, I'm just going to jump right in and ask the kind of pressing question: Are you a fan of Christmas? Mm, I am a fan of what Christmas does for other people. I love the way other people are at Christmas. They kind of lose their heads a little bit. They go full candy cane, and you're just like, okay. But I myself, I could, you know, it doesn't really. It doesn't bring me any kind of real joy. I like the festive season itself, but no. But I do have a four-year-old, so I do love how he gets at Christmas. But I've always been a bit of a bit of a Grinch, bit of a Scrooge myself. Hang on, what? Can I ask? I, I don't want to delve too deep. Yes, I do. That's what the show's about. <laughs> I have to ask, why is it? Is it the consumerism? Is it the that you don't like hot Australian Christmases? Is it that you just hate the color theme? Like, what is it? <laughs> It's actually, you've really tapped into something there. The colour theme actually kills my life. Um, I remember being given a pair of Gucci sunglasses and being like, oh, they're like Christmas themed. Oh my God, what a loser. But, <laughs> um, that sentence, what was that sentence? But I love it. I just, yeah, I know. I know. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, who am I right now? Um <laughs> But it's the it's partly about the colour scheme and I kind of like for other people that they're like, no, I'm doing it, I'm doing a silver Christmas. But I'm like, ugh, the whole no. Um and yes, the I think because that hallmark American film, daytime, the vibes, I don't know. I'm definitely more of a Bruce Willis is my Christmas hero kind of a person, I think. Yes. Right. So you buck against the kind of conventional trappings of Christmas, but by that rationale, could you not build a Christmas that works for you? And have you done that? Um, yeah, sure. So I'm very, I think people in my family are kind of like, oh, April doesn't really care about Christmas. I like to have drinks at Christmas. I like to celebrate the fact that I can have a wine at 11am. <laughs> I, I like that you can eat inordinate amounts of custard. Like those things, I'm about it. But I just, yeah, 
I guess giving gifts is is fun and I love to see my son get really excited over being given presents. But overall, I'm just kind of like, we could do that any day. Like, why do we have to wait for some imaginary dude to climb down a chimney that we haven't got to, you know, I just, I think the Santa thing really is not for me. I'm I, Santa's not, not my vibe. What do you mean Santa's not your vibe? Oh, like I just, I don't, I'm like, get out of my house, dude. What are you doing here? <laughs> And I, that could, I don't know, like, I think that could be a little bit about the fact that, um, you know, it was just me and my mum growing up and, you know, it, it was just kind of, she did the whole the whole Santa thing. Like, she's very, she was on board with the Santa situation. But there's something that I, I hate, the idea of that moment when you realise that, you know, Santa Claus is part of a Christmas tradition. And I just, you know, I'm conscious of the fact that I don't want anyone who's listening to this to get feelings about what I will say so I'll couch my words and just say that (laughs) Santa being part of a Christmas tradition that I don't feel aligns with me as a person means that like he's just not my vibe. Okay so I have to ask are you raising your son in a Santa-ish way to dance around the topic or are you kind of just avoiding the subject? Yeah you enjoy this conversation you two because you are in hot water. Wow we're like down the rabbit hole here well we're not down the chimney like I said. Um, No I we don't we Miles is wondering how Santa's going to get in this Christmas because he's not not been old enough in the past to wonder well we don't have a chimney doll how's he getting Mm. in. I've just said because I prefer not to bring the concept of a strange person in our house Santa leaves the presents out the back and I get up early and bring them inside so that that covers that off nicely. I'm like, he just pops the pops the reindeer down in the backyard and just leaves them on the back step and I duck out there and grab them before you get out of bit. Not introducing master breaking and entering. I love that. I love that. I'm trying to I'm trying to make it so that it doesn't it's not gonna feel like a revelation in the future, but also like I don't know. Kids are funny because sometimes they'll be like, oh, my God, don't let a weird person in a house in the middle of the night. You know, they get caught up on weird details. I thought that'll get straight around the subject and then I don't have to do any, like, eating carrots or drinking cups of milk and things. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Well, look, I think it's great that you are representing that group of people who have complicated relationships with Christmas because it is. It's a really stressful time. And we would love, as a body love activist, if we could ask you your advice, not only on how people can ditch all the pressure around Christmas and really, really love their bodies, but also how people can look after those around them. For example, I was listening to a recent episode of The Bodcast, which is the best-named podcast in all of the world, (laughs) and you advised your listeners not to compliment one another on weight loss. And I can really see this Christmas that happening a lot. You know, you're catching up with people, you haven't seen them for years, potentially. Why should we be avoiding this? The idea that we're complimenting people on weight loss is is an inference, whether direct or indirect, that a thinner body is a better body. Mm. And I think after the two years that we've just had, I mean, let's be real. Where what are we now? Late November. Um, I think that two years ago, this country was aflame. We have not stopped being traumatised by the events yeah. of the last few years. It's just been one thing after another. And of course, for me, there have been lots of good moments. But what I haven't been focused on and what I would hate to think that the whole year is going to boil down to is someone going, oh, you look like you've lost weight. Really? Mm. Is that what I've achieved in the last two years since perhaps we've seen each other? You're going to talk about whether or not I weigh this many kilos or that many kilos? Come on. Like, it's it's we don't want people to think that the most interesting thing about them is their bodies ever, but especially at a time that's for celebrating. You know, we do think of Christmas as a sort of end of year wrap up, the festive season, you know, coming up to New Year, talking about what we're going to do in the new 
new year and mm. it actually feels like we might be able to do stuff next year rather than how it felt kind of. Don't say it out loud though. Don't say it out loud or the universe will take it away. That's right. I did actually, who I don't remember, I said to somebody yesterday, I was like, I'm not going to say that I'm going to plan anything because we all know <laughs> what happens when you do that. But I do think that... We know that family situations, because obviously for a lot of people, Christmas is a time where they return to their family or they get together with family. Family have no boundaries some of the time. They think they can say all kinds of things. They're the same people who ask, when are you going to have a baby? Have you met someone yet? All sorts of questions that actually, as we become older and we realise that we don't have to talk about every thought that goes through our head um, <laughs> that we that we just feel like, like, I don't want to talk about that. And I know it for myself as someone who's a big talker, saying to people, don't actually, no, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about something else. People get confused because they don't understand why you don't want to engage in this subject that's of interest to them. But you're like, you don't know how many times I might have had this conversation internally or you might not know how I feel about this question. Answering this might be hard for me emotionally. And so, again, talking to people about their weight might be a really sore subject. Someone might be feeling really down on themselves or they might be feeling like, oh, you know, dreading coming to the event. And I've said this before on other podcasts, you don't actually have to go to things that make you feel bad about yourself. You can what? definitely... I know. I don't, I know, don't let it blow your mind too much, but you can actually just be like, I'm not available. However, Christmas is not usually one of those occasions. It's not the same at Christmas because, and you might be looking forward to it because there's lots of elements. Even if you're a Grinch like me, you still like seeing people. You still like having a cheeky Christmas wine if you drink. Um, you still like eating Christmas pudding if you, like me, actually like Christmas pudding. But you... You can't always avoid it. So it's it's you've got to go in feeling resilient and that's tough because it's the end of the year. It's like the last possible kind of moment in time where you're feeling resilient because you're like, wow, what a year. I'm done. Goodbye. So, yeah, I think talking to people about their bodies, good or bad. Like you might think it's a compliment to say to someone, oh, you know, you've lost weight or blah, 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 but you're putting them into a situation where they're now thinking about their worth and how attractive they are and all of those things that we associate with our external self-image and that now that's what they're thinking about like Merry Christmas hope you don't lay awake all night thinking about that and as you said before it's it is this end of year wrap-up time and I think one of the interesting things about an Aussie Christmas is that it goes hand in hand with this season where we're being told that we should be summer beach ready and all those slogans that have been you know thrown at us forever and ever and, and ever fireproof you know, and it's <laughs> hot, but not too hot, baby. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's the new year, new you, and all that bollocks pressure that gets put on people at this particular time of the year where, frankly, we want to be celebrating in many, many ways food. How do you navigate this period? How, what do you recommend for other people navigating this period? I'm lucky in that most of the people who know me and who the you know, people who are special to me are the people I spend Christmas with. That means they know me and yeah. they know that like they're not going to come and be like, April, look at you. I'd be like, don't look at me. I don't wish to be perceived. Thank you. I think the hard thing that I find is them talking to each other, listening to the way they talk about themselves. And at Christmas time, I'm like, I'm off the clock, babes. Like, I am not going to, because in conversation, I will jump in and be like, can we not, like, are we going to, let's not do this thing where we go, oh, yeah, look, you know, my collarbone's this and my paw's that and my blah, blah, blah. Like, let's not critique ourselves. It's just a waste of time. 
But that is such a loaded conversation because people are so defensive about the idea. They're like, my right to criticise myself is, you know, inherent in my humanity. And I'm like, okay then. So at Christmas time, I want to be like, I don't I don't need to tell you how to live or how to feel about yourself. So I, I think I lead by example. So that's I don't talk about my body. I don't talk about food being naughty. I don't... I don't kind of frame the way that I am across the silly season as like, oh, but, you know, January 1st, I'm going to, no, I'm probably going to be exactly the same on the 1st and the 31st of January because I'm not trying to be somebody different. And if I was, that wouldn't start with what's on my plate. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I think definitely trying to be an example um, and also stealing yourself with a little bit of resilience. As I said, going to an event, if you feel sure great Aunty Janice is going to be there and you know she's always that person that goes, oh, 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 look at you, hey, oh, you filled out. Mm." Shut up, Janice. Nobody cares. (laughs) I want shut up, Janice on a (laughs) T-shirt. Shut up, Janice. (laughs) Shut up, Janice. Yes, I'm sure we could get that. We could get that, mate. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think if you know that great Aunty Janice or her equivalent in your life is going to be there, be ready with a couple of things that you're ready to say. Now, great Aunty Janice might have been pissing you off for years, in which case you can just be like, listen, don't even go there. I'm going to put you through the wall. Um, No, not really. But like... <laughs> I think being ready to say, that's really rude and I really don't like it. And people like that will always be, you know, oh, oh, you can't say anything. Oh, yes. Oh, you're a lefty. Maybe I am. What of it? Like, I think being able to just say to someone, hey, I know you mean well. This is not a conversation I want to talk about. I really want to hear about you. I mean, people like that often also really do want to talk about themselves. So you could be able to spin that one around real quick. But being ready to just ask someone to please stop talking about my weight um, or, you know, whether it's someone who maybe is trying to, again, give you a compliment. Maybe you just say thank you and then you just run away to the other side of the room as fast as you can. Avoiding, avoiding that situation is something that is, you know, probably easier than avoiding the entire event, which, though, if you can, I highly recommend. Our family did this thing when we were younger where after a couple of years it became very apparent that going to family Christmas was toxic and was really upsetting my mum and was kind of getting really complicated. And so my family just, we all kind of looked at each other and went, are we just going to stop going to this thing? And we did. We just stopped going. So, I mean... I'll take it. I'll just really quickly take your stopped going and raise you a once we hid... What? Yeah, we were in our lounge room and there was one part of the family who were always mean to my parents. Yeah. Um, just always so mean. And I think that if you're even clocking that as a kid, f- they must have been really mean. Yeah. Um, and they were, we saw them come in the driveway and we ducked down and crawled into another room so they wouldn't see that we were home. It was, it was that... It was, I'd not remember that until I mean, now. I love that and also hate that all at the same time. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's so good. But also that you would be related to people that make you feel like you have to hide in your own house. Hi. But that that is so, I mean, you're and, and Paul, I, props to your family for just being like, mm, we're just going to opt out. Like it's just, it's a no from us. Thanks. Unavailable. Bye. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually so great. But 
the idea that in this generation that we're in, we're like, we don't have to do, like, we can just say, we're not coming. We don't have yeah. to hide. Or maybe you do. I don't know. No, <laughs> I'm not going to. It seems like a generational thing. Yeah. It seems like the, our generation has kind of gone, look, we don't have to kind of tether ourselves to these toxic things. But the one thing that we seem to keep wanting to do is, because when you mentioned custard earlier, I could hear like a twinkle in your voice. So the one thing that we all <laughs> seem to still enjoy across generationally about this time of year is is the food. So I guess what I have to ask you, April, is if you were stranded on our island and you could only bring one Christmas dish with you, if you could only have one Christmas dish for the rest of your life, what would that Christmas dish be? Well, I don't know if this is going to count as a Christmas dish for other people, but for me, I associate Christmas with pavlova. Yes. And for me, it's pavlova. And it's pavlova that's got banana. No oh. kiwi fruit makes my mouth itchy. Don't like it. Um, banana and meringue that's crunchy on the outside and nice and sort of squishy on the inside. A mm. lot of cream, chocolate shavings and passion fruit. That's... You go a bit of chocolate on your pavlova. Well, I never did. I remember being like, oh, I'm a bit of a purist because if you put chocolate in a hot cross bun, I will physically fight you. Yes. But <laughs> correct. Um, somebody somewhere once upon a time put chocolate shavings on a pavlova. Oh, and strawberries. Don't forget those. Um, and I was like, oh, you don't put chocolate. This is a this is a fruit. This is a fruit dish style. You don't put chocolate on that. Anyway, I ate it. Had to. Not only did I eat that pavlova, but I had to eat my words as well because it was delicious. <laughs> now, can I ask about the details of the cream? Is it just a normal whipped cream? I've seen a lot of people whipping cream with, I think it's a, a Greek yogurt, a natural oh. yogurt, and that gives it a bit of a Who? sour vibe. Who? It's Donna Hay. I'm going to name a oh. shame. It was Donna Hay, April. Donna, I'm going to, you and Janice, you're in the bloody timeout corner. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, it's double, it's thick cream, it's heavy cream, it's whipped. Um, a little bit of vanilla essence if that's your vibe. I personally yes. don't necessarily, like that's not a um, it's not a make or break because the chocolate and the fruit will give it a little bit of sweetness. So as long as, I actually quite like the individual serve and COVID has really emphasised my liking of this. When you do meringue nests and then you DIY, because then you can have as much or as little of everything as you want and meringue nests are notoriously more crunchy than a big uh, meringue base on a pavlova. So. Yes, this was actually going to be my next question. Do you go the full pav or the individual pav? And I asked this specifically because uh, one of Paul's favourite desserts is the pavlova. And when his birthday swings around, I have to make a pav that gets shared with everybody else. And then his anxiety pav, <laughs> which is a small pavlova that's just for him so he doesn't have to share and doesn't have to have the anxiety of other people eating his pavlova. Yes. I mean, Paul, I fully support the anxiety pavlova. Thank um, you. Personally, I if someone else is making it, I don't make a fuss, right? Just don't put bloody kiwi fruit on mine. I'll flick it off and put it onto someone else's plate. There you, you go. Flick you can it off. Okay. I love that you're so defiant, like so against the Christmas colours, the, the idea of red and green. <laughs> Get out of here. See yourself out, Gucci pavlova. No thanks. But I, I would, I would much prefer. I like the texture of a full base because it's got that soft part. But then do you know sometimes when you're eating something and then the egg suddenly gets like superpowers and you're like, oh, this is so eggy. Like why? Yeah. Why is it? No. So I think you you avoid that with a meringue nest because it's it's that crunchy meringue. It's like a meringue kiss. So, yeah, I've, I've thought a lot about this. If I'm catering, 
you're all getting individual serve pavlovas and you can like it or you can lump it. Mm. Uh, if someone else is making it, yes, give it here. Thank you very much. I'll have a big slice. Yes, thank you. What I also like about the individual pavs, and I saw this uh, through a friend that I follow on Instagram, her her tag is Celebrate by Dimmy. She puts out a meringue grazing board, which Ooh. is just the exact same thing, but just now it sounds fancier, you know? It's fancier oh, yeah. where you've got Deconstructed all the little Deconstructed pavlova. Exactly. Mm, yum. But it's good because then you don't get, you don't have any of the bits you don't like. Because if you like me and you have a lot of feelings about what's on your pavlova, you can be like, oh, no, I won't have that. And there'll just be a big heaping pile of kiwi fruit left on the plate. Grazing board, do you mean there's a sort of, is this like a buffet for pav where you get your little nest and then you just build your own? Yeah. So basically you present it as you would. Imagine the fanciest cheese platter. You know that person who's really good at putting together a platter and all the meats, you know, rolled up and everything stacked, but it doesn't look like it's, you know, shit. Um, That. (laughs) So imagine that, but it's got little bits of meringue and all the fruit and all the cream and chocolate shavings and all that sort of stuff. So hang on. Are we saying that April, are you saying that, okay, here's the question. (laughs) Paul's outraged. It's like, what is happening? No, no, I like because this is interesting. Do you want your Christmas dish to be the specific pav that you just said, or do you want to have one that people can customize it? Or is it like screw them? They're getting they're getting exactly the pav that you specified. Look, I think if I'm imagining, I'm I, you know I've washed ashore. I've got a bowl of pavlo, like a big plate with a pavlo on it. It's a whole one. It's a big one. There's no anxiety pav here. You just got to yeah. it's everyone for themselves. Um, but. I suppose in an ideal world, it would be somewhere in between the grazing board and the giant one with my very specific single serve laid out nicely. I like to think of when I create the pavlova station, it's more like when you make tacos, right? you got your wraps, you got your lettuce, cheese. Well, thank you so much to April for appearing on the island. She didn't just appear. She came by conventional means. She didn't just apparate. Although maybe she did. She's quite magical. And thank you so much to all of you for joining us on this adventure. We have another incredible guest coming up tomorrow. You will see her just going to say that your pav line is it anyway? Have you been paying and attention? Got. And how you kept it intact whilst you swam here is she's beyond not only me, but been kudos on it, but she's to probably you. Absolutely I carried it on my back. It. She's incredible. <laughs> so make sure so you tune in tomorrow morning for another Dish episode Island, of the 12 Days of Dishmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's your favourite time of year. I hope you find moments that are really special. Thank you and thanks for having me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 